It's the pure audio directly into my head. You talking right in my ears. That's the most powerful of all. All right, well, hey, friends, welcome back to The Christian Podcaster. Eric Nevins here. And of course, this is a show where if you're a Christian podcaster, whether your show is for Christian audiences and Bible and theology, or you're a Christian who has a podcast and you want to learn how to do it better, um, this show is for you. We're glad to have you here. Of course, uh, you know, we are uh, at Christian Podcasters Association here to support you as the Christian podcaster. We have a great guest today. Um, and I was just telling him, I, it's always a pleasure when I get to talk to him because uh, I never thought I would, you know, who knows, meet him. Uh, but podcasting makes all kinds of things possible. I think it's cool. Our guest, he's the executive producer for Focus on the Family Radio Programs and podcasts and he does some creative things with it, which we're going to talk about. And uh, he said uh, he's here to promote excellence in podcasting, which I think we can agree on that. Our guest is Rob Kirkpatrick. Rob, welcome to the Christian Podcaster. Hey, thanks, Eric. I, I just love what you're doing with CPA and all of that in your heart to be able to bring encouragement and, and really, like you mentioned, you know, keep a standard of excellence for what we're doing. Christians in this media, mm -hmm. you know, we, we live with a higher standard. So let's represent that, right? Yeah, absolutely. For our content and how we show up and how do we maybe not get, uh, you know, sidetracked by some of the uh, hustle culture, swarmy tactics sometimes that we get, right? I think <laughs> you've seen those. I know you have. You've been to oh, podcast yeah. movement in other places <laughs> where you're like, oh, don't do that. Anyway, I, I think uh, so. That's I think there's there's a way to, to podcast Christianly and that's what we promote here. And I'm, I'm uh, welcoming you to it. You one time. So this is my favorite story about you, Rob. Uh, for like when the first time we met at podcast movement 19 in Orlando, Florida, you gave me the best compliment I've ever heard uh, that I've, that I've ever gotten about podcasting, which was that you could tell that I was listening for my listener, right? You were like, this is a thing. And what, what I didn't know at the time until we came down there to visit you uh, like a year, or, I don't know, sometime later right. uh, was, was that that's the job you play in the booth as, as, uh, as you're listening to focus, recordings, right? Yeah, which it is, is. Which is pretty amazing. It's interesting. It took some explaining to do, you know, but why are you sitting there in the corner, Rob? You know, because I'm, you know, I'm looking into the studio and the, I've got the producer sitting to my right and the engineer, uh, the next slot over, but I'm actually shoved over into the corner because um, I'm trying to listen to the conversation that Jim Daly and John Fuller are engaging with their guest um, about but I'm trying to listen as a listener because, as we all know, there's some times where, especially if you're talking with friends, you know, we already already mm -hmm. know each other and all of that. And sometimes uh, we can short circuit or shorthand something and wait, wait, what did you say? And if you don't know that, um, then your listener has now become distracted and they've actually st almost stopped listening because they're like, wait, I don't know where I am anymore in this conversation. And so the beauty of what our setup is, has allowed me to do is to be able to nudge the producer or send a note into the studio to say, we need to um, come back to that one and explain that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do that. We'll record it later. You know, at the, at the end of the interview, oh, yeah. there's uh, something say, Hey, when we were in this part, you guys really just breezed through this one section. And I just know that, that some listeners aren't going to know what you're talking about. So, Right. We can give that 
come back to that part of the conversation, flesh it out a little bit more, and then in post, we'll edit that into where it naturally would have been. So we're not going to be distracting listeners. Yeah, which I think is really amazing. Okay, so that was my way of saying this is how I know what you do. But you tell us what what more about what you do at Focus as the because you're the director of the of audio content, right? Is that yeah? Is that so right so title? my job yeah. is I'm I'm responsible for um, all of the audio content coming out of Focus on the Family, except for Adventures and Odyssey. And every time I say that, people go, oh. But I love Adventures in Odyssey, and it's like, well, I do too. But you know, that's an entirely different animal to create a radio drama on a weekly basis like that team does. That that's really different than the type of content my team creates and all yeah. that. So, I'm um, I'm over the the group of producers and editors that are charged with coming up with episode content for all the shows that we have, and in addition to that, uh, developing new shows. You know, a couple of years back, Focus on the Family really got solid into podcasting, even though we've been podcasting for 15 years now. So we've been in, mm. in this uh, channel for quite some time, but really starting to see that this really is a growing media type. And lots of people mm -hmm. are still discovering it every day. And boy, we should probably be there too. Uh, and so let's yeah. add that in. So now we're we're with a lot of intentionality. We're developing three new shows right now, hoping to launch one first one end of next month, then another one uh, at the end of April, and then the third one probably sometime mid to late summer. But then to get into a cadence of developing additional new shows uh, all the time uh, to keep those coming out. And I got to clarify that not every show is a weekly show. Not every show is a daily show. We all know this. You know, you can right. have, there are some shows that are monthly. There are some shows that are biweekly. There's some that are really like a limited series. You know, it's maybe six episodes with a deep dive on a particular topic. And um, that's the beauty of podcasting is there, it doesn't have to be any one particular thing, but it all fits. Right. Yeah. And I love how you do that because so we've had conversations before about your um, it's kind of short form, uh, or well, maybe the maybe the episodes are long form, but short run series, right? Yeah. Where you're instead of just like a, something that you're gonna do on the radio or do something for a, a long season, it's more like six or eight episodes where you've cultivated something that is um, available so that it can be in, packaged in a way that people can consume it, right? Which I think is really creative. Yeah, I mean, think of like the the Mars Hill um, podcast series and all of that. As that thing was was coming mm -hmm. along and and developing. There were certain discoveries that they made along the way because you know when they started they kind of knew where they wanted to go ultimately but they were also hoping that more people would feel the freedom to connect with them as they started and then learned a little bit more about some of the other challenges that were going on and so if you take a look at what they did they just you know this one's going to take a little bit of a deeper dive so we're going to release this as some bonus episodes with all of that right well we've done a similar thing like uh, the best example is um a series that we did called No Porn Marriage. And we designed that for a husband or wife who is in that state of shock that they've just realized that this is now a problem in their marriage, whether it's their problem mm -hmm. or the problem of their spouse. They're not comfortable talking to people. They're not ready to tell anybody. Well, how can we help them? So we, we put out this six-episode series really just to say um, you're not alone. Um, other couples have gone through this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to need some help, 
but we're here to help. So reach out and, and give our counseling team a call. And we actually, we got a letter a couple months ago from a woman who was about ready to just entirely end her marriage because of what pornography had done to it. She stumbled upon this podcast series and found exactly what we had hoped. I've said, I'm, you gave me hope. Mm. I contacted your counselors. We're on a path toward healing. That's just with a six-part podcast series that, that pulled that yeah. off. And God just uses this stuff in amazing ways. Man, never underestimate the power of a powerful message. Yep. In a podcast, right? Like so, so important. I love that. Okay. Well, so what I want to talk about is there's a couple of things here. Um, I wanted to I want to ask you about consistently great content. I want to look into so I know you guys sometimes deal with culturally uh, you know, explosive topics, if we could use that word, right? <laughs> really important topic. Right. And so I, I want to know about how I want to talk about how we kind of deal with that as Christian podcasters. And I and I know that's uh, something other people want to hear about. And then I want to talk about some of the stuff that you shared at Podfest uh, last uh, couple, last month now, huh? Right, I guess a, couple, right. a month ago or so. Yeah, hard to believe. T- time just flies. Okay, so let's do that. So, what I you know, you guys have been producing content. And you've been doing this uh, for uh, for decades now. So, what's the what's the most challenging part of creating really great content? And uh, you know, what's something that you wish maybe more of us podcasters knew? Uh, it's it's uh, three words: sufficient. Oh, it's four words. Darn it. Four words. Sufficient, but not complete. That, that's uh-huh. really sort of the goal because especially as content creators, and especially if you have a lot of information that you want to be able to share with listeners, um, we can't go into it with the assumption that the listener is as interested as you are. And so um, the goal of the podcast episode for whatever the topic is really is even in that deeper dive, like I talked about with what Mars Hill did and what we've done with some of these limited series, you want to be mindful of sort of the tolerance of the general listener to your show. You always want to have the ability for somebody who wants to go deeper that you can facilitate them doing that, whether it's uh, find more with this resource or here's some other articles I found or written uh, to be able to go deeper on all of this. But if you come into an episode or or a series uh, where you're burdened with making sure that a listener will have a complete understanding by the end of this, you have now in essence created a white paper podcast. And I don't know if you've read white papers lately, they're dry, (laughs) drier than the desert. And you have to be passionately interested to be able to really pick up and read it. The beauty of of what goes on with the podcast, though, is this is a conversation between you and your listener. And that's one of the things that I just remind people of is that when you're recording an episode, whether you are a solo uh, show or if you bring in guests or you have a co-host or things like that, your listener is in the studio with you when you're recording. And it's your job to be able to keep them engaged. And, you know, you get an idea of who your your average listener is or your target listener, the, the person that you're trying to reach with all of right. that. And if their eyes gloss over because you're going to tell them everything they could possibly need to know, you're, you're actually not doing them a good service because they're they're getting bored. It sounds weird to say right. that, but they're they're getting overload is probably the more the nicer way to say that. They're just they're getting at a point where their their brain is not in a position to take in more, but you always have more for them. So find other ways to be able to um, quench that thirst, you know. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's there's so much interesting stuff there. So one one thing is um you you absolutely have to leave some room for your audience to feel like they have something co- to contribute, right? So I do this with questions on the internet sometimes. Yeah. And I'll say like the the example I use is which is better, Chicago or New York style pizza? Mm-hmm. Well, inevitably, so you get some who say Chicago, some who say New York, and then inevitably somebody will say Detroit, right? Like, so that, oh, didn't even think of that, right? Because you left some room or they're like thin, whatever it is. Right. So there's, somebody's going to have something else to say and you have to leave some room for that. It's okay to do that inside of your content as well, because it creates that loop inside their head that people are thinking about. And then they're, they're doing some learning as well. Yeah, you really have to think of it like you are out with a group of friends and you're facilitating a conversation because you have a new friend that you're wanting to introduce to the group. So mm-hmm. if you're out to dinner and your new friend, which is in essence your listener, doesn't know the rest of the people, what are you going to do? You, your job is to keep them connected and keep them engaged. And if the conversation starts to get into inside baseball type stuff, you know, where somebody who doesn't really know you might get lost, you're going to try to draw them in. And so being thinking of the way you construct an episode along those lines, and especially the way you record it, it is going to really give you the ability to keep that listener engaged with the content that you're creating. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. How did you learn this? Obviously you practiced it for a long time, but is there, do you remember a moment when you were like, Oh, let's let me make sure that we do this thing or whatever. Like, one yeah, thing that took I, you, you know, what, story? that's a, you know, Eric, this just dawned on me. I, I do have a specific point in time. I was sitting in my office with Dr. Dobson because I've been here forever. And so uh, he, yeah. he was talking about the format of uh, an episode that we do for the Focus on the Family uh, radio broadcast, the main show, where we feature someone else's recorded presentation. And so he was describing to me how um, the scenario is you have you've picked up this great cassette tape uh, that somebody shared with you and you want to share it with your friends. So you're sitting at your kitchen table with your cassette player on the table. A cassette player plays tape. Just if there's anyone listening who is who remembers, <laughs> you know, and here I'm just letting everyone know yes. I'm that old. Um, so you um, you're they're sitting together and you push play. Some time just happened in the time to say, hey, let's listen. I push play. And then the presentation ends and you press stop and then you look up and you make eye contact with your listener. And just from that, I started to get some glimpses of there's there's a lot of things to be thinking about because um, Mm -hmm. from an editor's perspective, it's really easy to say, good, message over, right to the studio. And and he, his point was, no, you have to allow some time for people to transition to the new room, back to the studio from the environment where that recorded presentation originally took place. So from that, I, I just really embarked on yeah. some research to say, well, what keeps a listener engaged? And found some good research that just um, reinforced what's going on in the listener's mind. A lot of it actually comes from a, a a Nobel laureate, Daniel Kahneman. In fact, I have his book. <laughs> Shameless plug. You know, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Oh, nice. It's, it's well written. It feels like, oh my gosh, is this a white paper book? It's actually really, it's accessible with what he writes about. But he's talking about how to, how to engage somebody um, beyond just their, you know, if 
there's two levels of thinking. He calls them system one and system two. And system one is just the stuff that your brain is just saying, yeah, that's okay. I don't need to worry about that. That's like, what's two plus two? We all know four. None of us had to think because it's all just, it's hardwired into us. But if I say, what's 32 times 47 divided by three? If you're really interested in getting the answer, you're going to have to engage your brain to be able to do that. So we as, as, as content creators want to engage our listeners' brains at that level. We don't want to have them just treating us as background noise. We want to have them engaged with the content and the conversation that they're a participant in. And so what are the ways to be able to do that? And, and that's where making that, that um, it's called an emotional connection, but that doesn't mean that we're dealing yeah. with happiness or anger or things like that. It's just that there's something going on in this conversation that has a resonant quality that's keeping me engaged. Yeah, I liken it to times where we've been out with friends and the passage of time just goes by so fast. You realize, oh my gosh, it's been two hours. I didn't realize it went that long. Or another way to look at that is if you've been out with a group of friends and it was an engaging conversation, but you think of it later and you realize, I didn't really say anything. <laughs> well, why? Because I didn't need to, because my question right. as it came up, somebody else asked it. And so, yeah, I'm still interested because I want to know about that too. That's what we need to be um, figuring out ways to be able to bring that um, practice into the content that we're creating so we can facilitate those conversations with our listeners, ask the question that's on their mind and and keep them connected as if they were a part of the conversation that we're recording. Yeah. Okay. So you shared some of them. Are there other things that we can do to kind of help up that emotional connection that our audience feels to to what we're doing? And because this is part of what you shared at, at podcast, like give give us some of that and yeah. Uh, what so we, can, the, what we should be thinking about it, it. It really is what's on the listener's mind. Uh, you know, one of the things is just okay. So what, how do I know what's on my listener's mind? Well, ask a friend to listen to your show uh, and tell them if they ever disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, did did uh, did I lose you at some point, or did I did I go on longer than you needed me to? Because uh, you know, we we tend to overthink and think for our listeners in the sense of you probably want to know this third point for my example as well. And here's the sixth point and I can go on and on. And like, I got it at point two. You're now, you know, you're saturating (laughs) me with unnecessary information. I'd rather you just get this thing going. How do you, how do you learn how to discern those things? Um, Part of it is just watching your own behavior when you're out with other people. If we really just overlay that mm-hmm. uh, recording a podcast, whether you're solo voice or co-hosted or full yeah. panel, is it's a it's it's a conversation that the listener is a part of. Um, what would you be doing when you're outside of the studio, and how do you how do you keep uh, um, a person who's across the table from you engaged in the conversation? Because you know, you can see when they look at their watch. And that's a, that's a clue <laughs> or um, right. in, in a public speaking environment. If you're, if you're standing on the stage and you're, you're speaking and all that, if you see somebody yawn, mm, that is a brain signal from, from that person. And you saw yeah. one, but there's going to be 27 others in the room who they might not have yawned yet, but they're headed that direction. So it's a signal to you to say, okay, move on or bring them back, figure out what to do to be able to, yep. to keep them engaged. It's, it's a real, there's no singular answer because you're dealing with the dynamics of people, which is all, yeah. but that's your goal is, is to find ways to keep them engaged 
because when that engagement, when you're that system two brain is engaged, you've got them. Everything else goes dim when your system two brain is engaged. You know, think about we can drive a car and we don't have to think about driving anymore, right? Because that's all been moved up to system one thinking so you can have a conversation with somebody while you're driving. We don't want radio or podcast listening to move up into that background area. We want to keep the listeners connected. Some of the other things to do, though, is, is um, meet their needs in, this, in the sense of uh, one of the things I, I tell people, you want to have a listener to your show, when they finish listening to the show, be able to think or do something differently just because they listened. So you, you've mm-hmm. given them something to apply. And even if your yeah. show is, you know, sharing other people's stories or Eric, a lot of, a lot of your shows, you're hearing your people are coming on to the show and they're telling you about God's work in their life and one of the, and how he has orchestrated their circumstances or the, the, the aftermath of a big transition in their life and what's different. Well, one of the things you do really well is the questions you ask become my questions. That's what I was talking about when we first met. Oh, yeah. And if if your question is my question, I'm actually thinking, well, what would that mean for me if I was in that situation? And yes. I can begin to apply that into my own life, even if I'll never find myself in a situation like that. Nonetheless, you've gotten me to a point of wanting to think about what you've had to say in such a way that I'd like to be able to really take something away from this conversation. Yeah. You're engaging with your audience's imagination. Absolutely. Right? Oh, to, you know what? To get them to, okay. So let me, yes. let's go on a little tangent here for a second because okay. lots of new podcasters will come and say, so of course I got to have video, right? Right. Right. I'm like, well, sure. Video helps. But if you come into this thing thinking that you can't have a show without video, I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to challenge that really hard mm-hmm. because honestly and truly, Pure audio, well done, is the most powerful form of communication that there is. I love it. And that. a lot of that is because of what our brains do. We fill in the rest of the picture. So if you're bringing video in, you have to actually now be adding into everything else you're thinking about. Am I making sure that the listener's expectation of what this looks like is actually what it is? And yes. It, it's not to say that video isn't a good add-on to your shows or things like that. It is another means of engagement with what YouTube is affording and those types of things. But it's the, yeah. it's the pure audio directly into my head, you talking right in my ears. I know. That's the most powerful of all. I, I It's a little, I think it's maybe a little too much for some people, but think about the number of people whose, whose voice you hear that closely in your ear, right? Yeah in your life. Yeah. It's your mother, it's your father, it's maybe your kids, maybe a lover, your husband, spouse, whatever. Right. And like, but it's not that many people. It's not that many people. And it, it can, it's so that just remember that you're creating that kind of audio in intimacy that really matters. That's the key word. To somebody. It, it is, it's the most powerful and it's the most powerful because it's the most intimate because yeah, your listeners absolutely. are choosing to let you in directly. Yes. And so don't like one, I think use that to ratchet up the level of responsibility that you feel, right? Because you, you should create really great content because you, you are able to, to connect people to your content, hopefully in a, in a way that they might never forget. Right. I mean, it's the same, you know, re- really, really amazing. Okay. I love all that. The other thing I was um, really impressed by what you said is there's no, 
it's, there's not as much difference within creating audio as there is in or from a personal context, right? So yeah. an in-person context, like what you're saying is the kinds of things that you do in person are the kinds of things you need to pay attention to in audio. And it's not just, just because it is audio doesn't mean you can let it just be, uh, you know, or be, be slack about something. Right. Yeah. Why, why do we pay so, so much attention? If, you know, you want to set up a nice date, you are going to be thinking about where you're going to be thinking about the ambience. You're going to be thinking about the quality of the food. You're going to be thinking about so many of the things that become the surrounding and all of that. Yeah. Um, thinking about those things in the sense of this, this audio piece that you're creating this episode of your show. It's, it's one of the reasons why a good mic is important because the, the yeah. you don't want to add distraction into your content and there it, you need to post produce your stuff but you don't want to over post produce it i mean there's some things out there that will take out pauses take out all sorts of stuff well then you listen to that and then you listen to the real person that that just yeah. affected yeah. by all that they're not the same people you know you've got to be able to the post production work that you do can't change the character of you or the people that you're bringing into the show, you can do some cleanup stuff. Yeah. Some stammers are are distractions, but not all stammers. Right. I take out a lot of that for myself where I'm, I'm start to start a question three times, you know, (laughs) I'm like, okay, which one am I going to use? We're talking about the host. (laughs) You are the power seat of this entire show. And if you want to even re-record your question, go for it. You know, you can do all. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's great. Okay. That's good. I, I, I don't, on rare occasion that I re-recorded something, but yeah, I probably should. There's many times. All right. I love that. Okay. So I, the, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and the, I think this all kind of resonates a little bit, goes together, um, is the idea of you guys tackle some tough topics sometimes yeah. and you have, you've had issues with people wanting to cancel you. And so as a Christian, we, we have a heart, it can be, I think a challenge to show up authentically, to show up as people who um, love the Lord and love other people, um, but still try to be faithful to to what our understanding of of Scripture is. So I don't want to go into politics necessarily, um, but what's your strategy for kind of dealing with divisive situations and both kind of personally and professionally in context? It is a good question because the way that our culture today has become just such a morass of all kinds of ideologies and all kinds of uh, truths and those kinds of things. So how do you engage with all of that? And uh, and honestly, it goes back to a, a meme I saw recently. Uh, Jesus engaged with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners, not to validate them, but to call them out. So he went to where they were, and if he was going to be engaging with them, at that level of intimacy of over a meal, clearly he was being accepted by them into the area they were, but he didn't leave them there with all of that. And so if we approach these things as uh, us, them, uh, we, we lose with all of that, because that actually, if you look around, that's been the tactic of this divisiveness that's been going on within mm-hmm. the culture. And it's not winning. It's not winning anything. What, what really is the thing that we need to take into consideration if we're going to be addressing some of these big issues of the day um, is to understand, well, 
where are the people that I'm trying to reach with this? And perhaps they don't have a level of understanding that I do. Well, I didn't wake up today with new understanding. I've had my own journey to get to this particular place right. of understanding in my life about these issues. And so just being mindful of all of that, I'll tell you one, one thing we did learn here, which was a huge takeaway, because there was a point, there was a time with several times with some of these big cultural issues, what we brought were facts to the table of why those issues were erroneous, um, how they might not align with Christianity or, or those kinds. You're bringing facts. Well, what you've just done is you've uh, set the groundwork for debate. And mm -hmm. is that what we want to do? It's re that's really hard to do in a podcast because your listener might be yelling at you and you can't hear them unless they decide to contact you and all that. One of the things we found that um, just cut through everything is let's just bring people on who have a personal connection with the topic, their story, and let them share their story. How, what, how did their um, understanding change? as they either became a believer or they were already a believer, but grew in their own faith and understanding for these particular issues. You can't argue somebody's story. You can't call them, I mean, you can try to call them a liar, but if they're telling you their story, they're telling you their experience. And you just can't debate that. And so if, yeah. if somebody, like we had a guy on and some of the, the gender confusion issues and he, horrible childhood, all of those types of things. And just hearing him tell his story, not at first it would break your heart, but it gives you insight into a lot of people who are struggling in that area today. So we cannot just bash people over the head because they disagree with us. That's not going to win mm -hmm. anything. Jim, Jim Daly will, will say, I don't know of anybody who's ever been argued into the kingdom. Right. And yeah, maybe absolutely. there's two out there. I don't know. They'll probably contact us if they hear that. But in general, I don't think that's what Jesus' example is for us. I I totally agree. And I think it's we all we all approach things differently. And so there are some people who are kind of a head type that might appreciate the arguments sure. and that's kind of how they they do it. But ultimately you have to engage the gospel with your whole being. And that includes your heart and with, yeah. with your body and all those things. And so um, but I agree with you. Obviously, I do my show for the way I do for a reason uh, halfway there. I do it as stories because, one, I'm not very good at telling people what to do. Uh, as, as I was a terrible preacher. I was not good at that. Didn't enjoy it. But uh, so when I started digging into what I wanted to do, I was like, I want to I want people to experience it and experience it through other people's stories so they could know if you're going through a dark night of the soul, God is present and he will be there. Right through and at the end. I want you to hear that. So I, that resonates with me a lot. Uh, so one, um, one question that came to mind as I was thinking about our conversation today, because I, I think we're, it's, it's very tempting um, for us as Christians to be offensive about topics or to be on the offensive, if you will, even right. Mm -hmm. When really it's the gospel that's offensive. So how do we, yeah. how do we act in the world as uh, you know, letting the gospel be the offense and not our, maybe our political persuasion or whatever it is. And um, how do we tell the difference? You know, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned earlier that I've got some experience with being canceled and all of that. And that really, that upset me. 
in a way that uh, that I hadn't really experienced in my life to be canceled because of actually in this case it was because of where I work not because I was a Christian but obviously mm-hmm. yeah because I'm a Christian and and that that was it was upsetting for all that because if if they know me if they knew me if the people who were upset with me had a chance to talk with me i don't think i would fit their mold of who they expected me to be with all of that and so in that situation at that conference where i was canceled um i still went i still went i still interacted with people and uh, some knew and others didn't care and all that um but when I had a chance to sit down with a woman who said, I'm the reason you got canceled, mm. um, that was a Holy Spirit moment because I could hear all of her concerns, all of her fears, all of her misconceptions. I could see everything that she was um, standing for. And I, I respected her in everything that she was passionate about because she was passionate about it. Why? I don't agree with the positions that she had, and she didn't agree with the positions that I had. But, but Eric, we sat down and talked for probably 45 minutes, and it was, a, it was the type of conversation I wish any believer out there would be able to have with somebody who holds a different position. And I would say hold a different position both within the fold and outside of the fold because we're never going to, we're not the same person. And so we're all going to have mm-hmm. different experiences, but we need to, we need to find ways to be able to reach people where they are and, and let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. It's not our job mm-hmm. to do the convicting. The Holy Spirit takes care of all of that. It is our job to love. And love does not mean endorse. And and so we can't That's right. we can't get caught up in this thing of well, if I acknowledge them, um, that means I'm endorsing them. Well, they'll try to twist it that way. I mean, years ago, uh, the word tolerate has been redefined. Tolerate now means endorse in, in the culture. Yeah, okay. Um, talk with me for a while and you'll find out that I really am not endorsing you, but I certainly love you. Yeah, and I think it, it feels like a bit of a of a needle to thread. I think as a as a Christian content creator, uh, but I think if we can find that space, I love that you sat down with her and we're able we're able to kind of talk about it. And you know, even if we don't come to an agreement, right? Uh, what we can agree on is we're both human. Yeah, and we I think we from a Christian perspective can say to ourselves and maybe not to the person unless it's relevant that. God loves this person in front of us. God loves all, all people. And our job is to represent that love, um, which, you know, at the right time that may become a discussion about who Jesus is. And maybe, maybe it doesn't. And maybe that's not the time. Exactly. Right? You can be okay with that. Um, and I just, it's some, some people that's their job and that's what they need to do. But for some of us, it's okay to just represent that love. And I, I love, uh, love hearing that. So um, absolutely. That I think that's, that was really powerful gets back to that emotional connection to it really does. just being whole people. It really yeah. does. Let, let me see you for who you are. Let me acknowledge that you have a different life experience than I do. We're still here living side by side. Um, how can we coexist with all of that? And, and coexist not by isolation or cocooning or, or those yes. types of things, but, but 
understand that, okay, well, you're just not there yet. And that doesn't mean I'm condescending to you. Right. Right. I love that. So that really is, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this and I can't go into the whole thing, but the difference between being an evangelical and being a really a fundamentalist, American fundamentalism, Chris Starin is doing some, some series on this, mm-hmm. uh, on truce as right. well, if you, you know him, right. but, but there is a difference and I think it's time for, uh, us to. Well, and Eric, if we term, just, let's if go know. back to Jesus example. Who is he offensive to the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Right, that's right. And so, if there's if there's offense to be taken, or given, I guess it would be to those who would say that we shouldn't be out there with the people. And and yeah. that's one of the things that we're passionate about here at Focus on the Family is reaching people where they are, and um, helping them see that the advice that we put into our programs it actually has a source. That source is found in Scripture. And if scripture is unfamiliar to you, let's let's introduce you to that and and all of that. But we're going to help you in your triage moment first. We're not we're mm-hmm. not going to say, "Well, become a Christian, then we'll talk." Never. Yeah, I love that. Yes and amen. Okay, friends, I hope that today in this conversation you've learned something. Maybe you learned how to connect with your audience better. Maybe you've learned how to uh, show up and and love people who are opposite or have different views from you. And maybe you thought a little bit differently about your content. Um, I think it's uh, this has been a great conversation. Rob, thanks for um, joining us and just spending a little bit of time just sharing some of your experiences and your thoughts. Uh, people can find you where? I've got focusonthefamily.com, but is there another place people want to connect with you? Um, well, I'm on Facebook. I mean, that's one place. And all that, yeah. but, but contacting me here at Focus is fine as well. I mean, uh, Eric, I don't know if there's a place for show notes or something like that in the way these work, but I'm... There will be, yeah. With my email address going there uh, and, and all of that. But um, I, I am so passionate about podcasting and what it is for all of us. It's part of the reason why I started going to some of the big conferences like Podcast Movement and now PodFest and all of that. Those are not Christian podcaster events. Christians in podcasting nope. need to be there, though. And, and that's, that's right. because, um, especially here in the United States, where freedom of speech is, is valued and all of that, we have a place at the table. And um, one of the things I've seen with podcasting that I've been so, this is going to sound weird to say it, excited about, is to see how people who have had challenges connecting with people who, who have the similar viewpoints on life and might find themselves on sort of the fringes of, of society and all of that have been able to connect through podcasting and all of that. And I say more power to you for that. That's why I have, you know, petitioned to speak at these events on how to create good content. Mm-hmm. I don't care who I'm sharing this to. This is how to make good content. And if you're, if you're in Orlando, um, Eric, that Ashley, the producer who was along with me, she met somebody who, you know, the great icebreaker question at a podcast conference is tell me about your show. Right. And <laughs> this one, this woman's, her answer was, well, my show is about witchcraft in business. And, you know, wow, this is kind of fascinating. But if if the essence of making good content helps her, great, Be- because we all deserve a place at this table. I only get a little irked when it starts to say, yeah, everyone except you all have a place at this table. 
No, we, right. we've got the place too, and we want to be able to reaching up, be reaching people and doing it well with excellence. I love it. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to do a plug that I didn't plan, but I am going to say this speaking of co- coming to co- podcast conferences this year, podcast movement in August is in Denver, yeah. right? So yeah. this is our hometown. This is where, uh, you know, it's where I live and I can't wait. I'm very excited about having uh, all of you there. So if you're a Christian podcaster and you're, and you want to go to a conference, people have been asking me, which one should I go to? I'm saying August come to podcast movement. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there for sure, but also I'm having a barbecue that's going to happen the day, the Monday before, like right before all the content, you know, starts. So uh, you should come a little early and then come to my backyard. I'll feed you ribs. I'll feed you chicken. Yeah. Let me just say Eric has Midwestern roots and we all know that. (laughs) that's good barbecue. (laughs) It's good barbecue. It's good stuff. It's fantastic. So I love that. Rob, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eric.